0: Oh, baby! What a catch! Kenny got day. You're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! I love the Lions! Say it with me! Welcome, everybody, to the Detroit Kool-Aid. It is Friday, and it's uh, Griff coming at you today. Um, Just wanted to go over a few things, but first, it's Friday, so everybody knows what comes first. It's the weather report. Gosh, it's been so warm here in Michigan lately, and this weekend's supposed to be another hot one. Everybody get outside, find a lake, find a pool, stay cool. and. It's just you have to really drink water if you're going to be outside. Stay hydrated because we all know in the heat of summer, you can't wait till the end of the month because that's when training camp starts. That's what we're all waiting right now for. So uh, as always, on Friday, TGIF. Speaking of training camp, once again, everybody's supposed to be reporting later this month at the end of July. NFL is still planning on having uh, training camp start at that time. I know there's going to be a lot of testing, and they um, have stopped. Um, Any uh, teams, uh, you know, practicing together, you know, once again, then cut down on travel and and everything like that. Not quite for sure what they're going to do with practices and how much contact they'll have, how how much time they'll have at practice if it's going to be, like, on prior years and, uh, you know, like three-hour practices, how much hitting, you know, just to keep the contact down to a minimum if it's going to be more, you know, meetings. I don't know, for lack of a better term, movies, watching old game films, stuff like that. But once again, everybody's got to get the, the practice in. So I'm not I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like. I know they said uh, reporters are going to have limited access to uh, the teams during training camp. you I know, mean, Once again, to keep down traffic and people around, uh, as, as you've all heard, uh, chances are that fans will not be allowed there either, which is pretty disappointing. Once again, always like to go down to practice with Derek and check out the team to see where it's at, but I do understand you know, all the precautions that they are putting in place because of this. So, with that, though, there was the announcement that uh, the preseason was going to drop down from four to two games, and uh, I know preseason football can be kind of boring. We all get hyped up for it. Then you watch one drive and you realize it's preseason football and you start channel surfing to find something else. And uh, it just kind of started to make me wonder, really you know cuz the nfl said two games the players association they were talking about having no games and i know there's some people out there it's like how come they can't have zero games like that you know uh college does it you know college goes right into their their season you know the first week you know they have the month of practice and then you know all games count there's there's no preseason no no scrimmages between other schools you know even so some people can say that you know first couple of weeks is you know teams you know they play the lesser talented teams that way they can you know get their team up and running, but I can't see the NFL doing that. I mean, they need at least a little bit of preseason games, at least you know at least one, you know two. I, yeah, I can understand two, but you know at least one just to get a chance to see you know some of the talent. I realize a lot of teams already have a lot of the roster in place, and you know there's going to be 80 guys in camp this year, so there's going to be fewer guys to be trying out for spots. But still, at the back end, you have to realize, you know, these guys are important to the team. You know, starters go down. You know, they fill roles, special teams roles. So, yeah, the coaches do need to see them some. I always thought four was a lot. I mean, I remember in the 70s they used to have six games. I don't know, six preseason games. I just find that absurd. But, uh, you know, two games would be fine. I think zero, you know, I don't think that would be good at all. It just got me thinking, really, First, what kind of conditioning would the guys be in going into the first week of the season if they didn't have any preseason games? I mean, we hear that now last year when guys start off. So it's like, oh, you know, they were injured. They just have to get into game shape or they were coming off uh, off-season surgery. So they need get to, you know, get everything up and running and get all the full contact and hits. And still, what kind of conditioning are the guys going to have if they just go through practice and then zero games to even, you know, get their feet underneath them a little bit? You know, to go out there and try. You're going full speed right from the jump, you know, on games that mean something. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, they're pros. They should be used to it. They're working out now. And if that's the case, then why do we always have to hear when the guy's been, you know, oh, they have to, you know, they're not up to speed yet. You got to get their conditioning in. I mean, we hear that every year about, you know, certain players. Not talking just the guys that were, you know, injured coming off injury, you know, and they kind of had to work their way back in. I mean, even the even the guys who were not injured, they, they didn't get that full round of conditioning. They didn't play a whole lot in the preseason. So it's almost like you almost want to expect somebody to be, you know, out there like puking on the field, like, you know, steaming Willie Beeman or something like that, just because they're not, you know, fully conditioned for the game and um, up and going. And that just makes you wonder what the gameplay is going to be like. It's going to look like, you know, the timing routes, are, you know, for between wide receiver and uh, quarterback, you know, those will be off. The offensive line, you know, how much real work are they going to get to see? I mean, yeah, they're you go against practice, but if, if you're limiting contact in practice, limiting practice time, getting full speed action of, you know, trying to pick up blitzes, deciphering what the defense is trying to do, yeah, you can pick up things from prior years game film, but still, you know, having to get the, you know, work as that cohesive unit. I mean, your offensive line is going to look terrible. And it just, I I think the the gameplay with that, it's just going to look so shoddy, and it's going to look like the preseason right there. I'm sure there's going to be guys that are are, going to go out there at full speed. But you, you don't really go half speed, but there are times that you go out there, you play not to get hurt as opposed to go out there and play full bore. So I'm thinking... I wouldn't want it to be that type of of game where guys are out there just trying to get their feet on their feet underneath them, trying to get up to full speed. But, but you might you might see that if you had zero preseason games, where guys are out there, it's just you know, hey, you know, they don't have the full playbook, they don't, they're not comfortable with each other, so they're going out there a little tentative, and the football is going to look very sloppy, very shoddy, a lot of drop, you know, a lot of missed passes, you know, a lot of poor. Poor tackling, poor blocking up front. Maybe some fumbles. Guys aren't used to the hitting. You know, you know, securing the ball as much. And so I, I'm I'm good with two games. I can live with that. But once again, it's you know could be debate between the NFL owners and the Players Association. They might have to settle. You know, you know, on one, just to you know, like I said, just to get some, t- just to get some games in or some game time in for the players just so the coach can see a little more in you know in live speed as opposed to just in practice. So even if they do you know they go to practice and it makes you wonder how long before they start the games. Are you know will they start them on time? They're looking to start, you know, training camp on time. But what if, you know, this whole, you know, pandemic extends longer? You know, obviously MLB you know, NHL, you know, you know NBA, they're all working different things, you know, to play a few, you know, NBA and NHL, a few things before the playoffs, MLB's cut down to a 60-game season. It's one of those things like, how long does this extend before the NFL, you know, maybe they start to chop games, or is that even out of the question, no matter how long it goes, you know, they're always going to play 16 no matter what, no matter how far it extends into the spring. I mean, we're, it's, it's always done by, um, you know, you know second week of February with the Super Bowl. And that's playing, you know, the full 16 games around the playoffs and then the bye week in between the the, the championships games and the, the Super Bowl. But what if they decide to cut it short? What, what would be a good number of games to count it, yeah, this could be a full season? I mean, talking, what, eight, nine, ten games? Would you be okay with ten games to be able to call it, a, a, you know, come up with a playoff round and go in a Super Bowl like that? I mean, is is eight too few? I mean, you're playing everybody in your division, you know, twice, and then maybe a couple other, I don't want to say, like, you know, closer teams, something like where the Lions might end up playing, like, Cincinnati and Cleveland or something like that, you know. So, once again, there's less travel. I mean, would everybody be okay with eight games? You know, or does that just seem like it's not enough? I think if they were to cut it down, I mean, 10, I think, is one of those nice numbers where, You know, teams just aren't slipping in. You know, it it is some sort of season. You might not not play like those, you know, NFC versus AFC. You might just play everybody in the NFC. If you were to shorten the season, I know the schedule makers would have to do something like that to try to figure it out. But if you're pushing back the season anyways, they're going to have to readjust the schedule. So I think a good number would definitely be, if they were to cut down games, I, I think 10 would be a good number. But once again, that's my personal opinion. If you're thinking, you know, that's too few, you know, it's always going to be 16. If you get, you know, if if you don't, you know, you're okay with eight, or you don't think the NFL is never going to cut any games, you know, it's okay. I'm I'm open for debate. I mean, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at you know at grifka dkc. Once again, that's at grifka g r i. FKA, DKC, or, you know, call or text the, the hotline there. It's 989-272-3484. Once again, 989-272-3484. Um, would love to get some other people's opinions on that, you know, other than mine. So um, I know me and Derek might discuss this on another show, but uh, that's just what I think, you know, 10 games would probably be the minimum to get to where I would feel comfortable to be able to get, you know, to get teams into the playoffs and be able to work your way to, you know, a Super Bowl champion that way. Um, another thing I want to uh, touch base of, touch base on here was uh, gosh, I want to talk about Jay Sean Cornell. I know I, uh, Derek's like started to watch a little more of his tape. You know, what, looked at some of his numbers. You know, he was you know late round pick for Detroit. Did everybody see the article that PFF came out that he they had him rated like the number four defensive tackles number wise? I mean, I, I get it. You know, a lot of people you know. You know, swear by PFF. I've read stuff. And a lot of, you know, pros like using it for, you know, with the college numbers. And even now they're, you know, they're trying to quantify, you know, like every little aspect, you know, of what every position does. And, you know, I get it. You know, watching a lot of tape, you're able to decide who's better at what and putting a number on it to figure out a certain percentage. But Jay Sean Cornell coming in at the number four defensive tackle and going into the draft by PFF? I mean, come on. I mean, really? I mean, you're number four. I mean, how what did every team just miss on this guy? I mean, for seven rounds? And then all of a sudden the Lions were able to get a a steal? I mean, it's one of those things where it kinda makes me wonder. I mean, who's grading this out? And somebody's like, Yeah, okay, that's fine, but then every other scout for every other team you know, like I, I know Derek had mentioned it on a prior podcast, he wasn't even on anybody's he wasn't even on his board and you know, and like he thought it was a bust pick when when they got him, you know, and then he said he went back and watched some tape, and he's starting to come around a little bit. And yeah, I just did my, you know, my armchair scouting or lazy boy scouting, as Derek calls it. But still, this guy was one of the top recruits coming out, and he was a no-show on one of the best defensive lines in the country. He wasn't even the best on that uh, on one of the best defensive lines. So it's not like he was getting doubled and triple-teamed. But still, I mean, he put up modest stats at best and really didn't show out anything for being, like, one of the top recruits in the country. I don't know if Detroit's thinking they're going to be able to strike it rich again like they did with Deshaun Hand. You know, Deshaun Hand came out as a rookie and, you know, produced a lot better than what people would think. And we all know he was injured last year. And maybe they're hoping he can find some of that, uh, you know, that magic again and, you know, and produce again without being injured. Maybe that's what Detroit's kind of banking on—that they got Jay Sean Cornell. He's gonna, you know, kind of surprise guys. I'm, you know, we're not talking he's gonna turn into like you know Reggie White or anybody like that, but still, you know, you know, be something decent, be something productive. But still, the number four defensive tackle, or you know, going in into the draft, I mean, that that's just a noggin scratcher to me. I mean, how how is that? You know, who, gosh, um, I I don't know, and it's one of those things where. Like I said, I know a lot of people swear by PFF. A lot of people like they have all these scouts, and you know, you know, Chris Collinsworth. You know, yeah, I'm happy for you, man. You're able to do it, but th- that's just got to be one, one number and, and one thing I have to like really, really think about because even the number four. I mean, still, this guy was kind of like an. Okay, yeah, we'll take him because he played in a big con. He played in a big conference, and we we have so much tape on him. And yeah, we didn't get to see his pro day, g- pro day, because all those were canceled. And you just kind of, like, okay, we're just gonna take him because we know what y- you can pretty much do. But still, I mean, the, the number at the number four defensive tackle—that's just a noggin scratcher to me. I I don't I don't get that one at all. So just makes me once again wonder a little bit more about PFF. I know Derek bashes me for it, but. You know, I'm not one just gonna bow to the altar of PFF because some guy threw a number out there. And and every NFL team missed on this guy. You know, you know, he was the number four, and he just doesn't go until the seventh round. So, once again, I still think if he shows up and does something cool, but I still think he's camp fodder for the team. I don't see him making this team. Um, let's do this. Let's take a break here, pay some bills, and I'll come right back, and uh, we'll finish up here. a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Once again, this is Griff coming at you here on a Friday in... Um, in uh just uh, once again, if I have any uh, thing that you disagree with me on on the show, uh, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at at Grifka, dkc. That's at Grifka, G-R-I-F-K-A-D-K-C. Or feel free to call or text our, our hotline here. That's 989-272-3484. Or as Derek likes to say, 989-272, Kevin Smith and Herman Moore. So, uh Let's talk about the biggest thing that happened this week, and that was the big contract. You know that Pat Mahomes signed the 10-year. You know, was it uh, was it 500 million? I mean, some some number that's just outrageously huge. And uh, I know it's not affecting the lines. I know it's not Detroit lines, but that is just something that really stands out. This kind of goes back into the debate that me and Derek had on a prior show that some teams just go for it, some teams, you know, they're going to spend the money no matter what, where other teams are going to be a little more frugal and uh, not do that. This this right here, yeah, Pat Mahomes probably, one, you know, one of the top three quarterbacks, and that might even be a stretch, you know, saying down to three in the NFL. This is a guy that you know. He makes everybody around him better. He does not need to have the best of the best around him to be a good quarterback. He's going to keep everybody in every game, and he's going to be able to make plays with his arms, with his feet. He's such an athlete, and yes, you know, hands down, you, you can't front. The guy's good. He's he's damn good. And Kansas City Chiefs were like, okay, you know, we're you know, we are going to, we're going to pay you. And this is you know, this is where I come to talk about it. Pay. You know, pay him, and I know Derek rips on me for it because oh, you know, well, you know, what year is this really going to hamstring the team? Uh, I'm not sure, but you know, Kansas City's going all in right now. They have the team right now that they can do it, and once again, he's he's one of those quarterbacks that's gonna he's gonna keep you around. He doesn't need the best of the best. So what? In five years, you know, they they don't oh, they're strapped for cash. They can't go out and get that you know that fifth wide receiver or you know that fourth running back. Who cares? You still got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he's damn good. And this, and this is just this is what I believe. I saw that contract. I'm like, yeah, it's huge. Do it. They're going for it now. They're pushing all the chips in. They're going to have this guy. And right now, where the cap sits, the way it's the way it's you know set up, they're going to be good and they're going to be damn good for for at least the the next you know three, four, five years. And they're going to be one of those teams that's going to be contending every year because they have this guy. And that's my point about the Lions. And this is what Derek always gets on. He's like, oh, it doesn't make sense. And you know, Why? I mean, we all get, everybody kind of got mad when they signed Matt Stafford. And Derek had a great point, actually. When we were talking about this on a prior show after it happened, he goes, "He goes, he goes, goes, Griff, look at it this way. You know, the salary cap's always going up. At one point, it's not going to be that bad of a deal. And even now, that's what people are saying now. It's not that bad of a deal where they got Matt Stafford at, what he produces. So... I guess Kansas City is just kind of doing that right now, and, you know. People are still seeing that number. It's going to be one of those things. Yeah, this might be the salary cap might go down a little bit because of you know COVID nineteen and not being having as much money, but the television the, the television contracts are still there. They're still going to make money, and and it's going to go up. It's going to go back up. So I, I don't see the salary cap going down. So once again, this is going to be one of those contracts, you know, everything. And oh gosh, it's going to be so terrible for them you know, in you know you know four, five, six, six years. I don't think so. It's going to be fine. So, this is a smart play by Kansas City. They're locking up their quarterback. He's not going anywhere. It's what he said. He wanted to have security. And, yeah, they paid him. They paid him what he was worth. Pat Mahomes is worth every penny of this contract. You know, once again, if, if you don't think so, you you want to debate me on it, feel free. Hit me up on Twitter, at D K C. You know, that's fine. I mean, we can talk about it. But... Not having to worry about the quarterback position in a very tough division that Kansas City Chiefs play in with Oakland. No, sorry, Las Vegas up on the rise. Denver seems to be improving. And the Chargers. Eh, who knows about what they're going to do? They're obviously rebuilding. You know, moving into that new stadium. But still, Kansas City not having to worry about the QB coming up is a good thing. So it's one of those things where I, I always kind of I wish the lines would do that, but they're they're not overpaying. The wrong people, and and Derek's always like, oh, they're always always 30 years old, and you want to pay them. No, I'm not saying pay a guy over 30 years old whatever he wants. That's not what I'm saying. But yeah, sometimes you got to pay a little bit more for for proven talent, always as as opposed to just going out there and oh, we'll just go get a draft pick for him. Kansas City's not going to bother doing that. They're going to have to worry about a quarterback. Now Detroit, yeah, they're going to have to do that here in a couple years. Stafford's you know getting a little a little older in the tooth. They you know. You know he hasn't won any big games yet, and that's always pointed out by a lot of pundits. You know they say it all the time. Yeah, he puts up mad stats, but you know how many 500 teams you know has he beat? You know with winning records, he doesn't have a playoff victory. Even though the Cowboys game, we all know that one was a highway robbery. Still, you know it, it's it's one of those things where I wish Detroit would do this. You know every once in a while you go out and pay somebody what they're worth, lock them up and get them you got them, and once again it's got to be a premium position there's only a couple of those out there once again quarterback left tackle that's it I mean it's 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 kind of mind-boggling almost I don't want to say frustrating that 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 they don't do that but you know it's okay I mean once again I always say it before I said it again reasonable minds can differ and, and that's fine but uh... I'm not saying Detroit should go overpay for a middle linebacker. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they should go overpay for a, you know an offensive guard. That's not what I'm saying. You know, locking up an offensive guard for 10 years. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, Kansas City, you know, went all in on their quarterback. You know, and Detroit did it before, and they kind of got busted on for it because Matt yeah, Stafford never won anything. But it's a good contract now, and I think in a few years everybody's going to realize that about this Pat Mahomes contract. It's not as bad as as what it sounds, and the guy is going to be, you know, top-level talent. So, with that being said, it just kind of makes me wonder, though. I mean, the Lions still have some salary cap money left. And, you know, Derek's, you know, been pine-informed, you know, because they have the money to go get Jadavian Clowney, which I don't think he's coming here. I don't think Clowney wants to come here. I don't think he feels the Lions are close enough, you know, to get there, so I think you can throw as much money as you want at Jadavian Clowney, but I, I don't think he's coming here. It just leads me to think, you know, are the Detroit Lions, are they smart with their cap, or are they just cheap? You know, it's like, everybody always complains about ownership, you know, oh, do we need to get a new owner for the team, well, that's not going to happen, I mean, obviously not, you know, Sheila Fort Hemp is going to be taking over right here, it's still, you know, the same family's running it. I, I don't see her, you know, obviously, you know, turning the page and obviously, obviously going to be some big changes, you know, something like that. All of a sudden, they're always looking to, you know, go all in. I still think the Fords look at it as a business, you know, as long as they're making money, you know, butts are, you know, being filled in the seats. they got the TV contracts. They're still making money hand over fist. Yeah, they might not spend their whole cap. And everybody's like, oh, you got to save some for a rainy day for when, when there's injuries. You don't need... 30 million for a rainy day fund, you know, and if it's one of those things like, you know, if, if, if they're being told like, hey, you know, put a good team on the field, but this is what you, we really want you to spend, you know, yeah, then they just might be, being cheap or they're, you know, Bob Quinn's being very smart going, yeah, these guys want to get paid, but we don't want to pay them. We can get this talent that's very similar and we can pay them less and they'll take it. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, you know, busting on Cam Newton for taking such a small, you know, contract with the New England Patriots, and he's just like, well, it's about respect. He's betting on himself for one year. You know that, you know, that's one of those things. I just don't think he had a, a huge market, and he saw New England and what they were. So, it was one of those things like, hey, you want to come play here? This, is what, you're gonna, well, this is what we're going, this what we're going to pay you, and that's what he'll, that's what he does. But I don't think everyone's like, well, Detroit should sign him. Detroit wasn't going to get Cam Newton. He wasn't going to come here and be a backup to Matt Stafford. So it doesn't matter how much money you have left in your cap because you're not going to get him. I just I just don't know if if the Lions are just being cheap. I mean, we all Derek, Derek mentioned it before. He didn't see that big a change between you know when you know Mr. Ford ran it and when Mrs. Ford ran it. Well, everybody knows when Ford ran you know, Mr. Ford ran it, the team was notoriously cheap. Everybody's like, well, they won- I can hear stuff. Well, they went on and signed this guy. They gave, you know, Matt Stafford big money. And, you know, they went and signed Scott Mitchell to big money. and But still, I mean, one thing. You know, William Clay Ford, the guy was just infatuated with quarterbacks. If anybody knows the team, I mean, that's one of the reasons why they went and they drafted Andre Ware, you know, even though Mouse Davis, went, and the, guy, the guy who invented the run and shoot, went and scouted him, you know, at the University of Houston, came back and said Andre Ware couldn't hit the water from the beach, or hit the ocean from the beach, and that they still drafted him. You know, William Clay Ford was always interested in getting that big quarterback, and they, they they often failed. They would they would try to pay a quarterback, but they were always, I don't know who's scouting these guys. Scott Mitchell, you know that was just a waste. They thought, oh, we're gonna pay this guy some money. He's gonna come here. Never really proved anything. Andre, Ware, you know they you know they have given some money to they they gave some money to Matt Stafford, but it was one of those things where Ford always liked the quarterback, even when they were always looking for him. back in the Greg Landry days. Greg Landry was he was a good quarterback. He wasn't a stud. But he was a good quarterback for the Lions back there in the 70s. I mean, they, I don't know why, you know, there's so many quarterbacks we often wonder why they didn't take a quarterback and that John Elway thing, but he was he was happy with Gary Danielson and Eric Kippel. He he liked those guys. I couldn't understand it. But I think that part of that was just being cheap. He could get those guys, he was friendly with them. They thought they were decent quarterbacks, but still they they were just cheap. I mean, th- that's what they were. That's what their, you know, Russ Thomas was as their GM. He was cheap, but that was all coming from William Clay Ford. I, I've read that in a number of places. So I don't know where that changes, you know, where it went to Martha Ford. Yeah, she came in, you know, cleaned up, cleaned a little bit of house, but still, nothing really changed. It's not like you, they were ever worried about maxing out the cap, you know. Even now, where they're sitting now, the last couple of years, they seem to have a little bit of money left and we're like, go sign somebody, go sign somebody. You know, still, I, I, I can't tell you if they're just being wise. If they're just kind of still in that penny pinching mode, treating it as a business, bottom line, they still want to make X amount of dollars. That's what they're looking at. I'm hoping that, you know, I'm going to lean towards the fact that Bob Quinn's just being smart about it. And like, you know, and much like Derek says, you just don't want to overpay just to, for the sake of overpaying. So that's what I'm going to lean towards. But still in the back of my mind, knowing this franchise the way I know it, and I win mean, the way a number of you Lions fans know it. They just might be, you know, they might be getting a little hamstrung there by ownership, saying, "Yeah, here's your salary cap, but we only want you to spend X amount of dollars on players." You know, this is what this is where we want you. I mean, and Bob Quinn, I think he's doing a lot, you know, a good job amassing some talent on this team, and they're you're taking flyers on some guys, and um, you know, they're bringing in, you know. You know, they drafted some guards and have a bunch of offensive guards just trying to look for the best fit. So, once again, they got a bunch of linebackers in there, too, looking for, you know, who can run the scheme that Matt Patricia wants. They have a crowded running back room. And there was even talk about bringing Mike Weber in from, you know, when Dallas cut him. It's just like, why would you want Mike Weber? I mean... I mean, yeah, he was good at Detroit Cash Tech, but he didn't do anything at Ohio State. He was the number one running back there, uh, you know, and then he lost that position. He was a backup there, went to Dallas, didn't do anything there. So why would you want to go get Mike Weber just to bring him into a crowded room? That doesn't make any sense either. So I just think Bob Quinn, I'm going to lean towards the fact that he's being smart and you know they're they're not being hamstrung by ownership right now and he's getting he's trying to put the best you know talent on the team you know being the wisest that he can but still there's one I said it before I know we got an argument about you know pushing all the chips and going for it but still if they got to pay somebody young enough like Kenny 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 boy you know I'm not I'm not looking to pay that guy you know 20 21 million dollars a year but you know if he's looking for 17 million and he produces this year yeah yeah, I'm going to pay him 17 mil. I know that might be a little bit out of the ballpark what Derek wants to pay, but guy produces, he keeps him here, he's comfortable here, you know, you pay him. You don't try to replenish with it and try to redevelop somebody out of the draft. So that's, once again, that's my personal feeling, how I think. I, you know, I still think you got to, you know, pay some guys that are talented and, you know, and keep them in-house, especially when they're comfortable here. They're not looking to bail, you know. And that's 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 just how I feel, and I know other people disagree. Some people may agree with me. Yeah, I kind of tend to figure I know how how Derek feels on that. But once again, if you don't disagree with me, that's fine. Hit me up on Twitter at, at @grifka_dkc, and uh, we can we can talk about it. it. It doesn't bug me at all to to get into a, a debate like that. So let's see. Uh, anything else I want to touch here? Um, I really don't have anything else I want to talk about here. Once again, you know, preseason, you know, a training camp starting at at the end of this month. I'm really hoping that the season, even if, uh, you know, they, they play games with no fans in the stands, we still have football. I mean, watching my games, you know, I watch plenty of games at home. You know, I do go over to friend's house every now and again, watch games with them. But I'm just looking for some pro football so uh, we can get back in to watch our beloved Lions. So, um that's all I have for today. Uh, no tagline to end. No nope. But uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, once again, I um, would like everybody to uh, hit us up on Twitter if you want to. Give us on the call line at uh, 989-272-3484. And once again, everybody have a good weekend. And stay hydrated in this very hot summer. Everybody, drink it in, man. The Start this game is over. By the Drink it in, man.